honor circle at Arcade Pit, I guess? Except not actually, because we didn't actually win in the recount, and... Oh, well, it's, it's okay. Anyway, it's the Character Issues Podcast, and here is your Character Issues host, Brian Edwards. Tell them what I'm I call about. shenanigans. I want to recount. <laughs> um, I'm a I am a arcade pit truth truth denier. Um, yeah, <laughs> hi, I'm Brian Edwards here here to bring you back to the character issues podcast. Uh, we're back a little bit later than normal, um, but you know life happens and life finds a way, as Jeff Goldblum would say. But we have found a way back here, and we are here bringing you the hottest and freshest science of the week, where we are going to be adding another four. Characters to our ever-growing list um, to, and the ever-growing science project to find the greatest character, uh, video game character of all time. Uh, introducing me very nicely was Leah Haydu. Leo, uh, Leah, how are you today? Hey, I'm I'm doing all right. Uh, I have been sick, which is a large uh-huh. part of why we are a week later than we usually are with our show because my voice has um, not really been present for um, most of that time. <laughs> Well, you sound good today. Um, Rich uh, Davison um, from the UK, could you, on a scale of 1 to 10, ten rank Leah's voice? Um, think carefully. A, a muscular 5 out of 10. I'm going to go with that. Yeah. I wow. think that's the only answer. Like, you know, if I can answer the same question, I've also been sick, but in the 1990s sense, you know, like I'm yeah, super sick. cool. Ready to go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I watched you guys on the, the Giant Bomb uh, stream today. Um, and I'm super proud of you. That was awesome. Really good to watch. Oh, thanks. Well, thank you. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm not going to speak for Leah. I'm sure she'll speak for herself, but I can say that that was like in the dream come true-ish type of scenario. Like, I think anybody, at least not anybody, but a lot of people who talk about video games in any sense into a microphone, a lot of their stuff has been kind of shaped by Giant Bomb and their content over the years. I know mine has. I know Leah's has. Um, and it was a huge honor and privilege to do that. And I hope we get a chance to do it again. Yeah, it was a really cool, uh, really cool thing. I was not actually uh, expecting that to go anywhere. So when I got a message from uh, one Jason A. Striker this Monday, uh, which is two days ago as of this recording, I was quite surprised and asked Brian immediately, who was also very excited. So, uh, yeah, it's all kind of fell together very quickly and uh, has been very cool. Well, you know, yeah, when and- when the Giant Bomb guys hear that the, the the good folk of character issues are willing to deign them with their, their presence, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't see a reason why they could resist that. You know, they're, they're bringing the big guns, you know, bringing in those listeners, the, the mega books, yeah. the sponsors that, that they were called for we us were. to contact them. Yeah. They're after right. the they're, they're after that sweet Adam and Eve sponsorship that we have. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, it was. Uh, yeah, it was. It was really cool. If, if anybody does want to check that out, it's up on um, the Giant Bob uh, YouTube. By the time you're hearing this, it'll be on their YouTube site. So just look for Arcade Pit with Leah and Brian. That's an insane thing to say out loud, but yeah, there we are. Um, but yeah, so moving into today, we're going to kind of move uh, the, through the first part of our show a little bit quicker because we solicited suggestions from you, our community, uh, regarding um, uh, the topic of the show, which is who is the worst video game character? Who has that Chadley type of potential? I was going to say, I thought close... we already answered that, and it's Chadley. <laughs> right, yeah. It's always In Chadley. One. So we're looking for Chadley Jr., essentially, is what we're looking for here. Chadley Light. Um, you know, um, it, uh, I think, and looking at these four candidates, I think 
I think we're in good uh, we're we're in good standing here. We have a real shot at, at bringing up the bottom of the list. But we got I guess real you know, assholes here. <laughs> yeah, and and but only the only the actual process will determine where they land. Um, but I think I'll start with with you, Rich. Um, you know, you're just recently returning from some time off from work. What what do you find yourself playing when you when you had uh, a little bit more time than normal to yourself? Feels like a fucking parallel universe, Brian, because I have been playing in the space of like two weeks. Kingdom mm. Hearts and Kingdom yeah. Hearts 2 and yeah. I mean I feel at once sort of somehow more enlightened and yet more deeply confused about everything I've ever experienced ever I, I do not understand what noting is still but the Kingdom mm-hmm. Hearts is, is kind of washed over me and it's been honestly I thought I'm going to play this out of spite and I'm going to come in and I'm going to kind of rinse these two guys about like this game that's old and kind of funky and and just not too good it's been fucking awesome like the the two (laughs) games like am I a Kingdom Hearts fan I don't know I really don't know I've got quite a lot to play through but the the two the two games that I've just played have been fucking so cool lately you joined me on some of those occasions didn't you like how did you find going back into the uh, Kingdom Hearts oeuvre for the what billionth time yourself with, with something me? like that? Uh, so I have relatively recently played Kingdom Hearts one for Keyblade Party, uh-huh. but it's been quite some time since I played Kingdom Hearts two, and a lot of what was happening I did not really remember that well. So I'm kind of excited to get back to that uh, with yeah. Keyblade Party. We just got to push through the end of Chain of Memories, man. Yeah. It's, it's Chain like a of Memories that's is a, just that's not a real good. Push. That's a real push. Yeah. Um, so aside from playing the two greatest video games you've ever played, Rich, <laughs> is there anything else? There? That's probably been consuming most of your time. I mean, Those are not... Yeah. Even if you're playing on easy, they're, they're not short video games. They're, they're certainly not. They've literally consumed my life. I mean, it. We're you know, I don't know. I'm a parent. You run up on the run up to Christmas. If you're anything like me, yeah, oh, yeah. you basically ignore your responsibilities. That includes work and parenting in favor of mm-hmm. something that's actually going to bring you happiness while you muster up the energy to feign happiness during uh, the <laughs> December period. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it's just been lovely to have that kind of game. I mean, they're free on, um, I say free, they're, they're kind of a part of the PS Plus uh, collection at the minute, so there was no reason not to, but it's just been wild. Like My takeaway from it, it'll be, you know, you, you, you're kind of cutting about in different Disneylands, and you think you've got the measure of it and everything's fine, and then all of a sudden, Hades summons Auron from Final Fantasy X, and you're like, oh, okay, this he is sure such does. a singular experience trying to... I don't even know, like, comprehend, like, what went into playing and making right. this game. It, it's just a ride. Yeah, I'm, I'm super pleased to have played it. I, I hope I can hang in a conversation with you guys. Just uh, don't ask us to tell you what the plot is because uh, don't know. <laughs> you, you had a pretty solid description the, the last time we talked about, or well, sort of. So yeah, I, I mean, I think here's what I will say. I think that you understand Kingdom Hearts about as well as anybody understands Kingdom Hearts at this point. <laughs> That's not a good thing. That I, really no, isn't a good no, thing. it's not. But it's true. Um, well, I, I, I'm not trying to be the king of segues once again. But speaking of plots that you super can understand and and, uh, exp- and explain concisely, Leah, you've been playing Shin Megami Tensei Three Nocturne. Oh, I sure have, I, uh-huh. and I finished it actually. <laughs> oh, you I, did? Oh, I didn't know that. That's yes, awesome. I did. I burned through well so i i believe that i was already playing replaying persona 5 the last Mm -hmm. time that we recorded and Uh i am still playing persona 5 but i stopped for a chunk of 
I don't know, 26-ish hours to play sure. Shin Megami Tensei 3 for the podcast that we are recording this weekend. Mm-hmm. And, okay. So, I, the world ends, and yeah. and then there's these people who are like, okay, we're going to build a new one, and here's what that one's all going to be about. But you're a demon, and you don't really want any of that to happen, so right. it's kind of just running around and and stopping those guys from doing that stuff. And there you go. I've saved you 30 hours of gameplay. Because <laughs> Fantastic. That's it's going to be a brief podcast. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, uh. so, so, yes, I... I don't want to go into it too much because we're going to record this weekend, but I think that I had a better time with Shin Megami Tensei 3 than probably either of you did. And that's because from the very beginning, when I started, I put it on merciful difficulty mode and I used a detailed walkthrough. Sure. Yeah, that would definitely help. I encountered very little resistance in that way. So in one way, that meant that my experience playing the game was pretty frictionless and that I... I didn't have a whole lot of frustration when I was going through it. On the other hand, I think that that means I didn't get quite the experience that they were anticipating out of a lot of the systems of that game. So Mm -hmm. is it something, I mean, would I recommend that you play it that way? I I don't know. I have to think about that. But uh, yeah, I think that's that's what I did. We'll probably have a lot to say about that, like the difficulty Uh levels on that recording. Um, I, uh, speaking of difficulty, um, again, segues, I'm just, I'm just Good fucking job. killing Good it job. tonight. Um, <laughs> I've been playing God of War, Ragnarok, mm-hmm. and my difficulty is just getting through that goddamn game. Like, it's fucking beautiful, and I love the story. Like, I legitimately, I find the story incredibly engaging. Cutscenes are awesome. Dialogue's great. Like, all the high, you know, you know money-spending, you know, tricks and everything's, you know, face capture, all this stuff. It looks it looks fantastic. But the actual just, like, running around and playing that game, like, just the, the constant battle arenas and, and just kind of the way the combat doesn't really do anything different from the first game. I'm sure there's nuanced, different stuff, but I just am not really finding it. I'm really struggling to find the fun playing that game, which is a shame because I, like I kind of, I'm almost at the point where I'm thinking about stopping playing and just watching a YouTube movie of the cutscenes. But it does kind of, it does kind of like th- this game does some weird stuff where it like it deliberately separates you from either Kratos or Atreus. You know what I mean? And, and mm-hmm. that's not, there's no spoilers. That's like in the first you know 10 minutes. Um, but so like there is some pacing to the story that I think might not work as well if you just watched it like back to back to back. Um, but yeah, I did like like as a as a like art piece thing, I think it's phenomenal. But like as a game that like like I was sitting down last night and I just like I ended up playing like an hour of soccer story on Xbox because it was free on Game Pass or not free, but it included with Game Pass. And like I was just running around this little pixel town kicking soccer balls. I'm like, man, this is. I this I'd re- way rather be doing this than playing God of War. Like I, I'm struggling to find. Like I'm 22 hours into it, and I looked up a story walkthrough, and I'm like, like about halfway through. I'm just like, oh, oh god. Yeah we've, yeah, we've all been there. I mean, yeah, yeah. I I, I I get it. Like I feel the same way. I played God of War 2018 once and once only, and definitely yeah. had my fill. You know, um. But like, I know we're not here to discuss God of War in any detail. But I've I've got questions. Like because I, yeah. I haven't played this yet. Like we're both parents of, of young boys yeah like sure. the original god of war was super affecting to me like that relationship yeah. that kratos yep. had with atreus was just like 
deeply moving like how, how, how are you finding god of war ragnarok in that sense i think it's great because i mean it's like atreus is is more of like a like i would say mid-teen he's probably like 14 15 yeah. and i don't have a son of that age so i don't know what parenting in that zone oh, it looks sucks. like it fucking sucks. Uh, i'm sure <laughs> but like it, it's one of the, that relationship still continues to be compelling and cool and like their conflict while like while draped in this Norse Norse mythologic setting, like it seems like real human conflict, just like it did in the last game. And like, I'm, I really want to know how it works out between them. You know what I mean? And, and how, and like Atreus is kind of finding himself as like a, a man for in big air quotes, you know, man, uh, grown up. Um, and s- some of the mythology stuff they're pulling in is really like unique and cool and stories I haven't heard. And, and like when you're going from place to place, the stories that Mir is telling you, they're like they continue to be awesome. Like everything about that is great. But then it's just like, oh, stop talking, head. Here come monsters. And I'm just like, fuck. I just hit R two a thousand times. Hope I don't die. You know. And like it just it kind of takes the wind out of my sails. I, like it's kind of the point where I think this is, uh, and this is not my ironic talking point, like to to browbeat everybody, but it's like. When God of War first came out, it was a game where I was focused on the combat and don't care about the story. And now the rules have reversed. You know what I mean? Like, but that's kind of the way I feel. Like, it's I I would I would probably play this game more as a walking simulator now mm. than anything else. But yeah. it's um it's something. I don't know. I'm gonna finish it because I'm really I'm invested to see how it ends. And the fucking acting, the voice acting is so f- goddamn good. But anyway, um, remember how I said we weren't gonna go long on this part? <laughs> we we did it. Uh, yeah. Um. Can I, so, can I come back now? I figured oh. I'd just go fuck myself while you guys talk about, you know, parents and... Yeah. See, the thing about being a parent, uh-huh. Leah, yep. and the thing that you don't understand... Um, no, we. I would love you to come back around, and I would love us for all to come back around and focus on Rich Davison as, since you were the one that came up with the theme tonight, mm-hmm. and you are the one that always decides what order we will be going in for the ranking, I think that we'll leave the community in that cleanup hitter spot, that fourth spot, to bring us all around at the end. Sure. But why don't you help us decide, Rich, how myself, yourself, and Leah rank these characters? Yeah, well, you gave me too much credit. I mean, I merely ask the questions, and the answers come from the... Uh from the ether we divine them from the character <laughs> issues ether and then that is what dictates the order so um i can't remember who went last time so i'm gonna go with yeah let's go with you brian can you give okay. me a number between one and five please as i quickly I'm, open my document i'm gonna take the right smack down in the middle middle number three please and thank you okay cool yeah so uh question we'll we'll go from um let's go from bet worst to uh, best to worst yeah with worst going last and, and best come first that's a really kind of labored way of saying it but the question okay. here is who among us would provide Mega Man with the worst power up and what will it be called oh. <laughs> I mean I don't have really anything useful to offer Mega Man so it might <laughs> so be me Mega Man gets Excel formulas it's not effective at all yeah yeah, so like this is one where like in my mind I'm like, oh, I could do like this, 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 but the reality is I think I'd just be able to, like, Mega Man beats me and absorbs my power to just have panic attacks <laughs> a lot, <laughs> like just <laughs> inflict generalized anxiety on his enemies. <laughs> um, I think that or, might yeah, be that's, mine. That's worse. That's worse. Yeah. You charge charge beam induces a panic panic attack. Yeah, that's what I'm going with for Beautiful. me. Yeah. <laughs> panic buster. 
<laughs> yeah, panic birds. What you color is Meghan Markle going to be, Brian? What shade of brown will Meghan Markle be? <laughs> all. It depends how much you charge all, it up. All, um, all the brown. <laughs> every brown. Uh, uh, what would yours be, Rich? Yeah, I'm going to go with um, just disarming kind of like absolute absence of comedy there'll be no joy in mega man's <laughs> life um and i'm gonna call it the um i think about this the depression canon uh-huh. um yeah jeez so, so really honestly leah's, leah's might be the best <laughs> yeah god I, I, thought, I, I thought it was just boring but damn y'all went dark so welcome uh... to the sad bastard podcast well um, I, I mean I, far be it for me to dictate who won that one but i think we agree leah went first I think I'll go. I think I'll go second because I think Mega Man could probably kind of cut through a f- few bosses with the depression cannon. But uh, sure, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the I think that's fair. Busters, uh, <laughs> slightly a different proposition. <laughs> Boss just sits down in the corner and starts eating Doritos and <laughs> <laughs> that stage ending know, screen where like it says, today. "You, <laughs> Mega Man, acquired depression." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, Capcom. Yeah, take yeah, that yeah. one. <laughs> <laughs> all, all right, Leah. Well, on that happy note. Cool. Um, just as a reminder to everyone listening, we are attempting this time to hit the bottom of the barrel, to reach that bottom of the list, to, to get as far down as possible. So obviously the person bringing the character is going to be skewed a little bit in thinking that they're quite low. So, you know, you might hear some, some spirited debate here. You might hear some uh, shouting. Um, you might hear some tussling as we're, well, obviously we're all in the same room together when we record the podcast, mm-hmm. so there might be some fisticuffs. You, you say room, you mean uh, lab, right? Yes. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. The science room. Yeah. Obviously. Um, the science room. Uh, yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so, so n- nothing to fear. Uh, we, we will do our best to keep the professional. Leah, who have you brought for us today? So I think that rather than telling you who I've brought, I will, um, give you my best impression of the person that I've brought. This is another reason why I didn't want to record last week because I would not have been able to do this with my voice. Um, Mm -hmm. And and even now I'm not 100% sure how it's going to sound, but I think that I can do this. Um, Leon! 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 It's Ashley from Resident Evil 4. Oh boy. So Ashley from Resident Evil 4, the first daughter, Leah. The first American, daughter. American royalty. Something like that. Yeah. Okay. So Ashley is the president's daughter who Leon, the the aforementioned Leon S. Kennedy, is sent to rescue in Resident Evil 4. And man, is she ever (laughs) annoying. She has no real skills of her own. She is, basically, there is a very large chunk of Resident Evil 4 that is an escort quest and it's a bad escort quest the one good thing that i can say about ashley is that you can make her hide in a dumpster uh when you don't want her <laughs> where around. she belongs I, god yes so I'm, I'm not attempting to shit on her or the game immediately but like when everybody says and i don't necessarily disagree with them like oh resident evil 4 is the best resident evil it's one of the best games of all time like i'm not going to argue any of that but then every single time i'm like 
but a- but Ashley's but Ashley, but Ashley though, yeah. though like yeah you have to really protect her from kind of everything there are a couple of small sections in Resident Evil 4 where you play as Ashley and those are horrible because she is defenseless to the extreme you, things can't even look at her funny or she just gets carried off or dies or whatever and I I just it is it is a constant cycle of having to protect her where she is doing her best to get herself killed or to get herself captured. It, it seems like she's working against you a lot of the time. And she has really kind of an attitude about it. Like she's, you know, she's why you're there. So she's the reason that you're getting paid. If, if I, I mean, I assume you're getting paid and Towards the end of the game, she has the gall to act like she's some kind of prize for Leon, <laughs> and I, I just, I can't. So, so I cannot just to be clear, Ashley. I don't she's think Leon's getting paid for this. He's getting paid an exposure for his Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> God. Well, in that case, maybe he, maybe that's what happens in the remake. Ashley is paying him in Instagram. Yeah, that's likes. what I mean. Yeah, Ashley's an influencer, isn't she? <laughs> Probably. So, like, I mean, you would think, oh, well, I didn't even consider that aspect, but you're 100% right. Um, yeah, if I remember correctly, like, I mean, obviously, she's kind of the MacGuffin, right? She's the plot device. She's mm-hmm. the reason Leon is in this town, you know, uh, looking for her. That's what he's doing there. But, like, she doesn't seem necessarily 100% interested in Leon leaving the mystery what's happening or anything really like she's just kind of there to be like panic personified like a barrier to success rather than anything yeah i I, look i don't think you guys are being fair she's she's got a few qualities um she can turn a crank um she can Uh carry some herbs yeah she can (laughs) she's she's a mule basically you know you can you can get her to carry some shit for you when you don't want to do it. So she's dog meat from Fallout. Okay, I got yeah, it. Yeah, she's a fucking Alsatian. When the best thing that you can say about a character is that she carries your weed and you can hide her in a dumpster, <laughs> that's not the best. That's not good. Yeah. Uh, is it okay if I read a, a oh, few please, quotes? Yeah. Please do. Um, um, I opened it, Leon. Leon. Leon, help. Help, help me, Leon. Where are you going, Leon? You okay, Leon? Leon, there's a crank over there. <laughs> so, I mean, there's a theme to her dialogue. I have I have another uh, small, small section from the uh, wiki, if I may. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ashley off... Okay, so this is, this is at the end of the game. This is what I was talking about. After Sadler was eliminated, Leon and Ashley made their escape from the collapsing island on a jet ski left by Ada Wong, a much better character. I, that's editorializing. It doesn't say that. <laughs> Ashley offered Leon to come over to her place for, quote, some overtime, end oh, quote, yeah. which Leon politely declined. <laughs> you know, as well he should. She, like, just got, like, virus injected in her neck and is, like, bloodied and bruised. And she's like, hey, what's up? It's like, no. <laughs> she's got that parasite like, no, like, cheek going on, doesn't she? <laughs> oh, she- Okay, so I, I'm looking here uh, because I, I always thought that uh, part part of my disgust at the ending of Resident Evil 4 was that I thought Ashley was younger than she actually is. That, is that is? because of it a mental like, age? Right, I always thought that too until... Yeah. 
But uh, according to the according to the wiki here, she was born in 1984, which at the time of Resident Evil 4's initial release would have made her 21. Right. So I, I was looking that, at that but too. At least it's not it's it's not it's not a 13 year old, which is what I was initially thinking of. The problem is, is that her visual in the original game, she's like in a like a sleeveless sweater and what is very clearly a school or school like skirt, mm-hmm. you know, so like she in the in the new model from the 2023 one that's coming out next year. She's like wearing like a business jacket and has a like a has like a Madeleine Albright scarf on to say like, I'm a woman it, it, of business. It also has a reek of you know like I mean? like, English public school kind of Catholic school uh-huh. thing going yeah, on as sure. well, which is yeah. Yeah, caught in it. I mean, like you say the yeah, that uh, date of birth was 1984, and I'm pretty sure that's what her Minnesota driving license says. <laughs> <laughs> the driver's the license that she the purchased bars. from Consu- uh, Consuela Graham over the there. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I I don't have much positive to say. Does anybody have anything like uh, any any nah. redeeming quality? <laughs> I mean, yeah, she's she's kind of no. constantly in the way she moves in the way consistently. She's got super low hit points, although you can do something about that if you're willing to sacrifice some of the uh, is it the yellow or the red herbs that kind of give her a little bit more stuff. I but like, yeah, she, she's fucking useless, just absolutely useless and annoying. If she's standing in it's, front yeah, of you and you pull your gun and aim your gun, then it looks like she kind of drops to her knees in front of you, which um, is kind of funny the first couple of times. So, uh, I mean, I guess yeah. there's that, I guess. <laughs> have, we, have we sufficiently scraped the bottom of that barrel? Have we? <laughs> <laughs> the bottom of that dumpster, I think, you, I think you'll find you mean the bottom of that dumpster. <laughs> I was just about to say, Leah, you brought the heat, but the heat is coming off of a dumpster fire. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think that I think we might be ready to at least take a peek at the bottom of this list and <sighs> see where okay. she might go. Just for you guys listening, you can look in your show notes and see a copy of the list um, at any time for your own reference. We currently have 43 characters. Um, I had uh, this is not indicated by my cursor, Leah. I had a, I had a thought myself, but as it is your character, why don't you take a look at that? And, and where do you see? Ashley. So I think she I, she could be worse, right? Like she's annoying, uh-huh. incredibly so, but she's not outwardly racist. That puts her <laughs> above Waka. So yeah, he's going to be the real X factor today, isn't he? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, because yeah. we already know that nobody's going to rank lower than Chadley, so we're we're kind of working to beat Waka here. And I mean, Tingle. Tingle, I think, is a sex offender, so she's probably not quite that bad. I I think that I would actually place her above James Neeson, the bad dad from Fallout, okay. and put her at number 40. Yeah, so I, I would tend to agree with that placement or somewhere thereabout, because, like, Glass Joe is a terrible boxer, and he's a French stereotype, but, like, he didn't choose to be a French stereotype. It's not like, I mean... He, he didn't, like, decide to yell ha 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 and throw baguettes at the screen when he gets punched, you know? So I, I don't I don't necessarily hold his He's shittiness victim, against him he, in a way that I... Yeah, yeah. And I don't feel... I mean, Ashley is technically the victim of a kidnapping, but I do feel like maybe some stupidity landed her there, along with a general... There's a real sense that she's always had somebody there to do things for her. I don't think she's ever carried a bag through an airport. Yeah, you know what I mean? That type yeah. of that rich entitled. Yeah. So 
I, I actually feel I felt pretty comfortable there, either at the 40 or 41 spot, Leah. Um, I, that's where I was kind of thinking. Yeah. What, what do you think? I'd probably go somewhere. I mean, the question that I'm asking myself at this point is, is she more annoying? Or rather, is her kind of general annoying behavior worse than a, a father who abandoned his son in a nuclear apocalypse? <laughs> um, and, uh-huh. uh, you know, for, for me, I, I think I basically I agree. Close, I think right? I can't countenance yeah. putting somebody below some some asshole father um james neeson um you know for me like ashley is in this situation but i like i don't want to project onto the situation myself but like she fucking loves that she's in danger and she loves that basically she can make someone's life hell and more complicated and more difficult in response to like what's going on Mm -hmm. you just know that this is like super her jam getting into a horrible situation with a load of zombies and then making it way more difficult than it ought to be just to kind of, like, bend the situation like a terrible human being. But certainly not uh, capable of... Well, it remains in in question whether or not she's capable of abandoning her uh, firstborn in uh, in a nuclear apocalypse. So, yeah. (laughs) True. Maybe they'll explore that in the remake. (laughs) Yeah, this this rating pending... Uh, until until they put the remake out and yeah, we we'll have to, well, that, there might be an adjustment here in the future. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I believe we've decided at the forty spot, the fortieth worst, or excuse me, fortieth best, but the fifth worst video game character of all time is Ashley Graham from Resident Evil Four. Well done, Leah. I mean, you're, you're in the bottom five, so mission accomplished. I I mean I I feel okay about this. I prop. This is there's room, you know, there's room for Ashley to be worse than she is. There's room for characters to be worse than Ashley. Uh, I I, this is not this is not a top effort from me, but it's I, I feel okay about it. Okay, I feel okay about it, too. We all feel okay about it. Um, speaking of feeling okay about it, um, I really don't feel okay about the character that you brought here today rich um there's then there's always been something about this character that it really like uh-huh. unsettles me yep. in a way um so i'd like you to just you know lead us into it who, who did you bring uh to this horror show now he sold is a game in which a sort of james bond alike a legendary soldier uh solid snake infiltrates shadow moses island to take on the high-tech special forces unit known as foxhound which quote is a small formidable elite black ops unit of the united states army that was established by the legendary soldier big boss hell yeah and that entire unit is full of like formidable combatants. They've all got their own kind of co-game. They've all got really unique skills. All of them a legendary kind of boss fight that goes down among the kind of annals of, of boss fights across any video game ever, except for one member. And that's who I brought today. And that is Decoy Octopus. So, Decoy Octopus. Uh-huh. And I love the names of characters in Metal Gear. Just just the names. That's all. Yeah. Like, I mean, where do we go from here? How do I start, right? So, if we, you know, I, I assume Leia brought Ashley because of just how fucking in it, annoying and irritating she is. But I, I brought Decoy Octopus 
not necessarily because of his uh, annoyingness, but because of his just utter ineptitude as a as, as a boss in uh, in Metal Gear Solid One, to to the extent where I'm not even sure he could be considered a boss. So like, like we've all played Metal Gear Solid before, right? So it, we, are we cool to kind of just go yes. into a little bit? So you you Spoilers encounter for Metal Gear Solid, <laughs> a twenty six year old game, hooray! Um, yeah. Um, yeah, you encounter encounter him uh, originally with probably within the first thirty to forty minutes of Metal Gear Solid, and you don't encounter him in general. You encounter him under a decoy of um, the Darba Chief, Darba being like this kind of like defense kind of agency that builds weapons on behalf of the people, and he instantly dies. So basically, your only interaction with uh, with uh, Decarctopus is that he's dead. And why did he die? Because this son of a bitch decided that the right thing to do was to drain the entire bl- all of the blood from the Darpa Chief and infuse his own body with uh-huh. the blood, thus infecting himself with the Foxhound um, I don't know, virus, I guess? Which caused him to have a heart attack in front of Snake. Yeah. Hooray? Like, yeah. Question So mark. he's not very effective is is uh no. is is what we're really getting at here. Like whereas the the kind of downside <laughs> of Ashley is just the constant irritation, the downside of decoy octopus is that he's just a total fucking idiot. And <laughs> this after he's Kind of, I mean, if you read through, and, and I've been looking at the uh, the wiki here, and like he is supposed to be quite a proficient person, and an operative who is taking great pains in their training to you know be effective and to be the type of person that would be able to kind of thwart the plans of the opposition. I, I'd like to read from uh, part of, of the wiki here. Uh, Decoy Octopus would alter his appearance and voice to perfectly match that of the subject he was impersonating. Uh, in his normal appearance... Oh, wait a minute. I'm sorry. This is, this is not what I wanted. Uh, I'm looking for the part where she shaved his face down. Oh, yeah. Here we go. To aid his disguises, he shaved down his cheekbones, jaw, and nasal bones, cut off his ears, and possessed computerized <laughs> vocal enhancement implants. Octopus also took steroids, changing his physique and metabolism, and received bone marrow transplants to change his blood type. So, this guy has done some pretty extreme body modification in service of his job, and yet, he didn't think that maybe draining someone else's blood into his own is something that he ought to check first to make sure that he wasn't going to poison himself to death. That just, that just, he deserved it. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) I I like to think like that in every paramilitary kind of Mm -hmm. maybe uh, even like war for hire mercenary group, there's always a bunch of real crazy people anyway. So that like, you know, when you're big boss and when you're trying to like, you know, like basically get Metal Gear warheads and, and take the war, you know, on on the road and, you know, kind of overthrow all the existing, you know, status quo, they're like, you know, for every five guys you recruit, four of them are just like war hungry assholes and then and then every fifth one is like like did that guy just cut off cut off his nose? And they're like, Yeah, don't don't make eye contact. You know what I mean? Just like look look forward. He's here. He's willing to help. He says he's a spy. I don't know how he's going to blend in with oh, no ears. Maybe. But yeah, no, just let him kind of do it. He doesn't seem like maybe um, he yeah, has anywhere this else is it. to like, go. This is, this so. is my thoughts. Like, 
This yeah. is his job. This isn't like who he is. Like he's employed by this <laughs> this people, and he's just took it way too far. Quote. To avoid becoming confused as to his own identity due to his extreme methods, he requested that the military give him full mental deprogramming after every mission. Octopus gained his nickname due to his ability to contort his body and dislocate his joints, allowing him to adopt any manner of walk <laughs> he chose and to navigate through small spaces respectively. Uh-huh. Wow. The name is also derived from his mastery over his sense of touch, giving him exceptional grip strength. <sighs> And a high tolerance for extreme temperatures. Yeah, that is hmm, that, that's ah, quite nice, the power. Yeah. Ugh, uh, and and the beautiful thing about this, guys, is you you never get to see any of this in action. It's all basically just like written in hindsight. Again, another example of something. Yeah, it's just oh, this guy was super cool. Look at all this stuff he could do. Look at how dedicated he was, and all of the crazy shit he went through in order to be more effective. And the first time that you see him, he's already fucking dead because he messed it's cause up. Because he, he, he another one of those guys who writes yeah. his own biography, you know. <laughs> Maybe. Listen, after I'm dead, here's what I need you to put on with you. Yeah, exactly. Can I can exactly. I read this? Yeah. I've crafted an elaborate backstory that explains why I have no ears and I can shimmy but through vent- vent- incredible pipes. powerful grip. Like you want to see me crush a can of a can of soda after I finish with it. Wow, watch this guys. Yeah. Hideo Kojima later reflected that he considers the circumstances surrounding Octopus to be an original approach to a boss fight. Since the player expects to fight him, but he never does. Oh, that is incredible. Like, oh, this is this is a new kind of boss fight where you basically just watch a cutscene. Wow, honor the best. (laughs) Fucking A. Brilliant. Yeah, I so it was funny because like the number one thing I always look for is like, oh, I'm gonna look for quotes from this game. Yeah, they can't get them. Uh, like what? What do you think this guy would sound like if he tried to speak to another human? <laughs> well, he's got those um, hey. sweet um, yeah. nano machines in his throat, so he'd sound like at once everybody and nobody. Apparently, because nobody knows. Oh, he'd be doing the "I can eat a peach for hours" <laughs> thing from Face Off, just trying to get his his voice. Uh, to this get, guy would get absolutely tune. be portrayed by Nick Cage in the movie. Uh, also, Brian, I would like oh, to no point doubt. out. That, according to the wiki, again, Octopus was fluent in a dozen languages. At least some of these languages were French, German, Spanish, and included varieties such as black vernacular English. <laughs> what? Oh <laughs> Who would write that? <laughs> Octopus would, of course. Oh, this might land him lower than Waka. Uh-huh. I figured that was important for us to do. Yeah, the reason I sounded oh, muffled there was because my face was in my hands. <laughs> a final point that I want to point out here. <laughs> Strengths. Master of Disguise and Mimicry, weaknesses, lack of combat expertise, and Fox die, as in a man who's infected with a disease that will, at one point, (laughs) without any kind of explanation, just kill him. That he could have avoided. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, he's he's just fun. Like, a a fun character, and I'm I'm ready to rank. I don't know if anybody else is feeling it. Oh, yeah, I'm absolutely feeling it. Lead us down the path, Rich. What are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, he's among good company, isn't he, with Wacker? Another racist individual. I guess (laughs) it's just a combination of... Look, I'm just going to go for it. I think he is probably below Wacker, and I'm going to put him at number 40... I guess 44 at this point, one above Chadley. At least Wacker's effective at what he does. (laughs) Yeah. Um... Wow, that I mean, it's bold, but I, I don't, I don't necessarily disagree. I'd like to, Lee, I'd like to hear your thoughts so, on it. So, I, I could, I could go either way here. I think that he is either forty three or forty four. What I will say okay. in, um, 
in kind of a, a contradictory fashion here is that since he's dead, we don't know how racist he is. We know how <laughs> racist Waka is. Ooh. Also, yeah, okay. Waka's hair is terrible. So, um, I don't know. It's I can see it going either maybe. way. There are, there are pluses and minuses. But his hair is only terrible because of the machina. Mm-hmm. Um, that was my Waka yeah. impression. Uh, but Waka's got ears. I mean, and, and cheekbones. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> you know what? I I have to. I don't mean to disagree with you, Leah, but I have to agree with Rich. He does have ears. All right. Yeah. Uh, as I, do I think, say, I, I can do... I can definitely go either way here uh, for forty three or forty four. Right. So if you guys are uh, are set on forty four, I I will agree with that. All right. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, um, I mean, I mean, Chadley has ears, but they're but they're terrible. Can he be ears, we, we Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> we've added a new we've added a new criteria. Can it be suplexed? Does it have ears? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, well, Deco Octopus can definitely be suplexed. Um, the ears that we'll have to we'll have to give him a pass on. But as of right now, Deco Octopus is the second worst video game character of all time, coming in at the forty fourth spot. Right above our sweet, sweet boy Chadley. Wow, I um, it's a good signs. Yeah, decoy octopus is 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 something else. <laughs> is, that, is that fucking incredible grip strength, man? No, that's what cinched that. I'm huh? sure. No, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, didn't 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 help him with not deciding to put all of the blood of the Dharma chief into his <laughs> just body. Just filled myself up with poison. Can, cool. Can yeah, imagine? let's go with that. Dude, yeah. can you imagine in real life going up to like any CU ever? Fucking, uh, I don't even know, Elon Musk fucking murdering him and then transplanting all his blood into your body and impersonating him. How bloated would you be with double the amount of human blood in your body? I mean, you'd have to, like, maybe he... He's also got a fucking... I don't know. I have to imagine this guy's so crazy. He's like, I'm going to take all of his blood, put it in my body, and I'm going to put it in my body by injecting it into my balls. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's that's Decoy Octopus's strategy. Oh, oh. Um, all right, well, Decoy Octopus, I mean, rest in peace uh, at the 44 spot. Rest in peace, I um, guess? Question mark? I guess. Rest in pieces. We'll bury you with your nose, ears, <laughs> and various joints you've discarded. Holy shit. It's not going to get better than that, folks. I'm po- I apologize. But here we go. We're going to move on to the next character ranking. Um, I have thrown a curveball into the mix, as I like to do. I don't like to give up my um, strategy too early. Um, I was going to let you guys know. But, uh, Rich, as you have mentioned um, previously to now, um, you have recently played through the two Kingdom Hearts games, the first two Kingdom Hearts mainline games, correct? that's correct. So my biggest problem with Kingdom Hearts, and I I think this might be Leah's biggest problem with Kingdom Hearts 2 is, uh, Kingdom Hearts as well, should I say, is that... Um, the protagonists and all the Nording and all the Organization 13, it, it can get convoluted and can be tough to understand. Sometimes I think the people making those games don't actually understand it, but they sure do like making an anime-ass product that I like to enjoy. But the whole story of the first game particularly hinges around one character. Um, a character that I honestly believe makes the game objectively worse... But much like Ashley, she is the MacGuffin of the game um, to where she is kind of the impotence for it all to happen. And I, of course, am talking about Kairi, the one princess of heart from Kingdom Hearts. MacGuffin personified Kairi from Kingdom Hearts Nobody likes her Cause she adds nothing 
guest, she's female, and a princess, whatever. So this is interesting. Uh, neither Rich nor I have yet played Kingdom Hearts 3. And right. I, I, so basically... I, I don't want to get, make well, I, I would like to make it clear that this is not a final ranking because I have heard right. some uh, discourse to the effect that maybe she sort of becomes a character in Kingdom Hearts 3 I, I will yeah, have to see and, it to believe it but I, I'm right. not discounting the possibility that it could happen so just, just with that disclaimer out in front yo what the fuck Kyrie like yeah <laughs> like okay so yeah, she does have a bigger role in three, and, and we'll discuss that, I'm sure, down the line. And I honestly, Leah, and I don't, I'm not going to make your opinions for you. I don't think it's really going to change much about I mean, your opinion not. on Kyra. I know it sure fuck doesn't change mine. Um, so she's she's basically the, the first of all, she's the only girl on the island with parents. First of all, Sora, <laughs> Sora and Riku have no fucking idea what they're doing there. And she is like... Let's just talk about the the opening of the first game. She makes you do a bunch of chores for her to build a boat you're never going to use. Makes you have a physical foot race against another human being in order to decide who's going to share the pow poo fruit with her. And then once she gets like taken by Ansem and kind of locked away, she just kind of becomes this magic ghost girl in Sora's head who doesn't really do anything to help him at all like she and i'm not talking i'm not blaming her for the fact but she was Brian, kidnapped it's just that she doesn't have even, a heart through all of this because <laughs> her heart is in sora the whole time so how could she but, do anything with any meaning because her <laughs> so okay so i'm just gonna i'm i i don't have <laughs> i don't have the ability to edit fandom okay i don't, <laughs> I don't have the ability to edit fandom well, not but if i did you, i would take the I would take the four paragraphs under per- personality for Kyrie and just delete them. Because <laughs> Kyrie has zero personality, zero character, zero heart. It says Kyrie is very charismatic. She's not is very she? charismatic. No, she doesn't what? do shit. She barely shares fruit successfully with another human being. <laughs> she, she is, she is just so like, and I get it, right? Like, I'm not even just saying this from a like a like a dickhead video game snobby perspective. Like, you, like Sora has to have a reason to leave, right? But half that game, he's also just looking for Riku, who is a much more compelling antagonist and reason for him to be looking. But Kyrie is more just kind of than Sora and Kyrie. Dude. Yeah, That's for sure. sure. Yeah, hundred percent. She she just kind of she she's just such a nothing character. In a game that is so chock full of characters who are so charactery, they got too many characters on them. You know what I mean? Like we've got characters whose hair have more personality than Kyrie <laughs> sure. in in this franchise, and I just think that there she's such a quite a literally empty vessel, as you said, Leah. <laughs> to me, she brings absolutely nothing to the table. And when I'm searching for her, and by the end of game one, tell me if you disagree with me, Rich or Leah. I'm much more interested in finding Mickey Mouse than I am about finding Kyrie. Much more. Oh, hell yeah. So, Rich, you're the yeah. most recent player of Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2. How, how do you feel about Kyrie? In Kingdom Hearts 1, she might as well not be right. part of the game. Like, it brings absolutely nothing to it. I mean, the, the pursuit of, you know, the relationship between Riku and Sora is way more important. And the pursuit of, of Mickey is actually 
like more important to Donald and Goofy than any of it. Like she, I think MacGuffin is even too strong a word because it implies that she actually has something that brings something to the story. The only thing that really matters is that she's considered to be a princess in the same way as like the other princesses are in the story, and that's one of the things that is. I can't remember the fucking names here. Ansem yep. maybe requires to um open the mm-hmm. Kingdom Hearts door thing. You got so, it. Yeah. You get it. it. I mean, yeah, but in, in Kingdom Hearts 2, she's she's kind of way more prevalent, but it's definitely of no more interest. But she's prevalent interest. in that she's not, like, she kind of gives birth by proxy, I to guess. To Naminé, who to is Naminé, way more who important. is a character, yeah. and who does have some kind of an impact. Still not so much for Kyrie. Like, she's the vessel. That's yeah, kind of she, it. Yeah she's, yeah, she's the vessel with which the story takes place, and I remember that big battle at the end of King of Hearts 1, or nearing the end of King of Hearts 1, where you're fighting Riku and Hollow Bastion, just about ready to get, like, um, to to open Kingdom Hearts, and Sora gets his Keyblade back, and they both have Keyblades now, and Sora goes, there's no way I'm letting you take Kyrie's heart, and I was like, oh, fuck, yeah, right, that's why we're here. Like, oh, yeah, Kyrie's heart. <laughs> like, I thought we were just trying to find Riku and getting um, Donald and Mickey, or Donald and Goofy back to the King Mickey, and... When I walk in that room where all the princesses are trapped behind glass and all that stuff like there, like I look around the room at those women in that room and they've all done shit. You know, like like one of them married a fucking monster, yeah. like a literal beast. She married, like found the good in humanity. Like Cinderella was like treated terribly and like literally picked herself up like from squalor and was able to, I guess she just married royalty, but still like she had a real tough go of it up until then. <laughs> and like Snow White ate a poison fucking apple and survived. Like these, these ladies did shit and Kyrie just like hung out in paradise. And then when she found out her friends were gone in the next game, instead of going to look for him, she's like, nah, I'm gonna stay here. Like, I'll just wait. Like, I don't, she just brings, aside from being the star of the music video for Simple and Clean, she does not bring much to the Kingdom Hearts franchise, <laughs> for me personally, as someone who loves that franchise. Do you think I'm being harsh, Leah? No, I do not. I, I think that you are being perfectly fair to her. It's 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 almost worse, right? Like, you can have a villain who is very compelling and who, you know, may be evil and may have terrible motivations, but at least they're interesting. At least they drive the plot forward. Kyrie's just kind of there. Kyrie could be replaced with a body pillow <laughs> of Kyrie, and it would be more interesting oh, than Kyrie the body person. pillow of Kyrie. <laughs> I, I, I guarantee you that they do. Can I tell you something which gives like a beautiful indication about how much sort of an impression Kyrie left on me? Um, I You've already the ordered entire... the Kyrie body pillow? No, God, no. I, I played through <laughs> the entirety of Kingdom Hearts and probably about, I don't know, fairly casual playthrough in, in five days. It's not that long a game. It's about 17 hours, right? So um, it was definitely not long enough to really embed some of the new characters from the Kingdom Hearts series itself. And I struggled to remember what Kyrie's name is. But you know what I didn't struggle to remember the name of? The fucking boat that she made me build at the beginning of the name, which was called Hugh Grant. That is how difficult I found to to actually find any kind of connection with this character who just is there purely, I guess, purely to kind of give some kind of just something. I don't even... Like I say, McGuffin's way too strong. you have to have a girl that they're fighting over. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. Just ineffective. like, I was looking through the quotes to try to find something fun to say about her, and she doesn't even have, like, 
anything like like they, this is this is one of her more compelling quotes. You're not acting very friendly. Like that's like a that's like a key piece of Kyrie yeah. dialogue. <laughs> oh you know? wow. Sora, Powerful. it's really you. <laughs> yeah. Roxas, I know that name. I only spoke to him once. Like what? Like I don't know. I'm What if instead of bringing Kyrie along, you bring the most frustrating character from Final Fantasy VIII, Selfie yes. along the same yep. journey with you? Would that improve I'd it in selfie, any way? I'd take Selfie. I would take I take any of them. Just take Zell. God, he's annoying enough. Backflipping with his jinkos. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I think Kyrie sucks. Um, now we haven't. Now we can. Maybe we've been failing the audience here. We haven't really been discussing the aesthetics of the characters as much as maybe we should have. I mean, we talked about decoy octopus not having a face. Um, <laughs> sure but, did. Uh, but I would like to posit that Kyrie also like. And I'm specifically speaking of Kingdom Hearts 1 and Kingdom Hearts 2 Kyrie. Mm-hmm. She just kind of has that, like, pixie twee girl with huge boots thing going on. Like, I don't mind the boots. Boots are fine. She's got big kicks on. I think that's cool. Everybody in this game has ginormous feet. Um, <laughs> but then she's just kind of wearing, like, a skirt and, like, a white tank. Like, she looks like an NPC, like, in the background. Like, like she's going to be in the square at Traverse Town just hanging out, like, having a coffee and being like, who's that duck walking by? Like, that's going to be her So what I'll say? Not enough belts. Oh, 100%. No, not nearly enough belts. I would Come say on. on the... That's all. I mean, <laughs> everybody the, else in this game has the, belts upon belts upon belts. Yeah, the and, belt to and human ratio what, or the one? belt to character ratio has to be at least three to one in this game. Oh, uh-huh. um, yeah, 100%. And, uh, yeah, she falls short on that. Like, she falls short on most everything, in my opinion. Um, I agree. So when when I see the ranking, um, the only thing I'm going to say here, and uh, this is where I, I think maybe my strategy was a little skewed um, by my own feelings on her versus what my feelings are on the list as a whole. Because I don't think that Kyrie is as bad as the bottom seven people on this list right now. Um, I, I see Kyrie sliding into that 40 spot where Ashley Graham is now moving Ashley Graham down once and, and being above Ashley Graham, James Neeson, Bad Dad, Fallout 3, Tingle, Waka, and Decoy Octopus. Only because, like, Kyrie sucks and is nothing, so she should be pretty close to George Stobart, right? Like, Oh, God, that's a strange bedfellow, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Jeez. but, like, nondescript, kind of nothing human. The only thing I would say is that I think she's worse than Glass Joe, just because I like Glass Joe more. That might just be my my uh, my heart entering it. You know, my Kingdom Hearts entering into it. Uh, my decision. Any any so thoughts on the forty you, spot? Yeah. So I I was thinking something close, but I was actually thinking of slotting her a little bit lower. Um, I was going to put her at forty two, so below James Neeson, but above Tingle. And I'll tell you why uh, the difference there is because both Ashley and James Neeson are kind of are, are kind of characters who only have an impact on the story through indirect actions. Sure. Um, Ashley being that she's annoying, which gets Leon to do stuff, and James Neeson being not there <laughs> so right. so forcing the protagonist to be their own person or, or however you want to put that Kyrie is more similar I think to James Eason in that way because her absence is really kind of what drives the story along but she's also physically there sometimes okay 
Yeah. And for me, I think that's a little bit worse. Like, if you're going to be an absent character in the story, then just don't be there. Don't, like, have your... Don't pretend to be there, but then have absolutely no say in anything. Um, I, I, I would agree with that also because I'm in favor of moving her lower uh, just <laughs> because I don't like her. Um, however, I, I do want to hear Rich's opinion on this. I know, Rich, you have mm-hmm. you have real hangups with uh, James Neeson, Bad Dad and Fallout 3 <laughs> abandoning his child. Um, now, let me ask you this. Do you think um, Kyrie would be able to save the water problem of the wasteland? Absolutely not. I mean, I don't think Kyrie could literally do nothing. There's a single scene in Kingdom Hearts 2 where she basically picks up Sora's Keyblade and runs towards one Heartless mm. and basically it cuts out. You you don't even get the satisfaction of watching her fail to defeat one of them. She just <laughs> runs away from it. over the end of the Keyblade <laughs> and hurt herself. Yeah, like I'm inclined to punish her just because she's so <laughs> kind of useless, you know? Like... It, 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 it upsets me a little bit that we've got nothing to hang our hat on and, and try and work out exactly how to nominate it. I mean, if you would put a gun to my head and say, where'd you put her? I'd probably put her somewhere below Glastro mm-hmm. and above Ashley Graham. So I'd put her at the number 40 spot. Um, just by virtue of the fact that she does nothing, brings very yeah. little to the story. And I was searching through um, t- the internet to try and find out oh, what... Oh, the internet. Um, I've heard of that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah to find out what... Um, um, Tetsuya Nomura thought about Kairi and uh, I found a quote here from uh, an interview where he's been asked why Kairi is going to be such a big focus in Melody of Memory and he says um, I realised there needed to be a character who can act as a storyteller that's when the puzzle piece fit into my mind perfectly to choose Kairi for this role her past was still shrouded in mystery too so I felt Kairi was the best choice to be the star of this new type of Kingdom Hearts as she will be narrating while we re- revisit the past and and I think there's something in that she's just a shrouded blank. in mystery and, does not mean yeah. underdeveloped Which is a complete euphemism for <laughs> empty vessel you know you know like hey we need a character who has absolutely nothing to add that is not going to deviate from anybody else's way more interesting story so let's uh, it's Kyrie it's got to be Kyrie so yeah I, yeah I just think it's it's not even a case of wasted opportunity I think it's just a case of like. I don't know. I think Tetsuya Nomura thought he had a good idea going on with it and just, just empty emptiness, just vapid, vacuous character. And so she needs to be punished. Um, <laughs> I like uh, my favorite. The, if you were going to snippet quote this episode, it is by Rich Davidson saying, I'm inclined to punish her. That's my, <laughs> my favorite quote of the episode so far. Um, so so all of that, and I, and I agree with you, and I thank you for letting me go on the, the little bit of a ranty journey here with Kyrie um, from Kingdom Hearts, um, is going to land Kyrie at the number 42 spot, making her the fifth worst video game character of all time, meaning that the ones we've ranked so far have been Ashley Graham for Resident Evil 4. She's the 40th best, or 7th worst, excuse me, 7th worst, excuse me, uh, video game character of all time, Kyrie. At the 42 spot, which is the fifth worst video game call- character of all time, and Decoy Octopus at number 45, making him the second worst video game character of all time, which is just above Chadley, which, I mean, like, second to last might as well be last in this case, because nobody's getting <laughs> below that son of a bitch. Um, so now, um, we went to our community on Twitter and said, hey... Well, this is our theme for our episode. We want, like, who's the worst character you can think of? Who do you think would be Chadley-esque? Who would get to the bottom of that list? 
And we had um, a lot of people reach out. In fact, I've made an entire list of these. We will eventually be ranking all of these characters on the Character Issues podcast because I yeah, think they course. were all great mm-hmm. suggestions. Um, but the one that I picked out um, was suggested by Nix Fontana. And if you um, guys don't mind, I'd like to introduce this character with a few quotes. Hey! Look! <laughs> Listen! <laughs> um... We are, of course, talking about (laughs) Navi from Legend of Zelda, Ocarina of Time. Um, How did I do? Was that okay for everybody? That was painful, so yes. I apologize. (laughs) It it was very... um... Imagine if pissed if Elmo was pissed off. That was <laughs> where I was gonna go. Um, yeah, so everybody's kind of maybe not first, but well, it might be first. It's definitely one of the first handholders, right? Like mm. it's got to be close. I mean, beginning of three D action games, kind of. There wasn't a lot. Like there were there weren't many predecessors to Ocarina of Time for these types of games, right? So. Um, the developers felt that you needed somebody literally over your shoulder to remind you, hey, this is where you're going. This is what you're doing. Hey, this is going over here. Hey, this is what what just happened in the story. Hey, maybe we should go see this person. Hey, 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 hey. And the kind of memification of that has turned into that nagging, tapping on your shoulder, you know, mother going to school with you and sitting in the desk behind you type of energy. Um so, so let's start with you, Leah. What, what's I, I, I'm not going to ask what your history with Ocarina of Time is. I'm just going to assume that even if you haven't played it, you've you've absorbed enough pop culture surrounding it to know most of this shit. Um, what, what are your your thoughts on Navi? So, I, I have to really come clean about uh, one thing that I think will uh, potentially color my um my rankings so this is just full disclosure Mm -hmm. um part of my tattoo sleeve on my left arm Mm -hmm. is um navi Mm -hmm. so um that's that's just to get that out there. Mm-hmm. I, I am I'm mean... currently planning a tattoo sleeve on my left arm that will involve a, a little Navi on there as well. So this does not mean that I think that Navi is a great character and that she's not horribly annoying <laughs> in many ways. But I think that I am likely to go a little bit easier on Navi than maybe some other people would, at least aesthetically. I think she has some some redeeming features that way. Because, you know, you have... You have a lot of examples of um, images of fairies in basically all types of media. And a lot of times, you know, you're going to see, like, the small, scantily clad women in uh, with, with wings. You know, your, your Tinkerbells and whatnot. And that's, you know, that's perfectly fine. Navi's a little bit different in that she's just kind of a ball of light yeah. with wings. Yeah. And aesthetically, to me, I think that that is it's kind of more pleasing just because it is, you know, it's a little bit different. It's a little bit more, um, not generic, but um, a little bit more interpretive than than literal. Right. So, yeah, uh, yeah I, I enjoy that. 
I um, uh, aesthetically, I would, it. I would one hundred percent agree. It's, it's a different, it's a different type of look for a fairy, right? Like even the fairies in the original Legend of Zelda were little sprites of a red-headed woman with wings in a red dress. Like you know, definitely this kind of. Well, I mean, to- and you still get that with like the sure. is it the yeah. Great Fairy or the the. Uh, the 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 very large fairy woman. Oh, in you the mean fountain. the one that floats ass up in the middle of the air as she bestows yeah. her power upon you? <laughs> that one. So you, yeah. you know, you still have that. Yeah. So you know, you're not taking that out of Zelda completely, but you have something a little bit more, um, a little less eye catching, perhaps, for when you are just running around. You don't always have a, a big booby lady floating over <laughs> your shoulder right, yeah. while you're playing the game. More's the shame, really, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, your your opinion may vary as to whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, but um, less distracting, perhaps. Mm. Um, but aesthetically is really where I feel like Navi shines because, I, I mean, she's... She's kind of the the precursor to Ashley, right? Like sure. yeah. she's just she's you don't have to escort her anywhere really, but also she never shuts up yeah. and does not believe in letting you find yeah. your own way, which sometimes I appreciate because I get lost very easily. Sure. Um as as ritual test, I'm not very good at reactions. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. Um, there was so much pain in that reaction, Rich. I know, and I, I'm sorry. It is a thing that I grapple with on my own daily. Uh, but yeah, so I, I mean, Navi can be useful, but she goes overboard. Is I think my my one sentence summary sure. there. Um, yeah, I, I don't I don't disagree with anything you said. She uh, she definitely has. Uh, maybe my favorite thing about Navi is, and this is probably like right off the bat, like, you know, the great Deku tree's dying. She's obviously concerned about the great Deku tree, but even when the great Deku tree says, Hey, go to Link and be his fairy. She definitely has a, ah, this fucking guy energy to it. Like this is the fucking real human that can't get a fairy. I gotta be his goddamn fairy. Like she has a little of that energy to her. Um, I'm assuming her, I'm just assuming Navi is female, but I guess I don't know. Um, they, the uh, wiki says female, oh, does it? Okay. so we can go with All that. Right. Um, so for now, so so yeah, where where the the problem becomes is that if if you don't start talking to her, she just keeps yelling at you, and then we'll kind of that little twink twinkly now noise will fly, and she'll start circling around your head and fly down at you a bunch of times, like hey, and then you press the C up button, she'll be like, yo, you should go to the forest. And you're like, I know, I'm collecting heart pieces. <laughs> Leave me the fuck alone. Like she has. Um, stay on task energy that I think um, bothered me more then than it does now, for sure. In a game that promotes kind of like free thinking, (laughs) lateral thinking and exploration, yeah. I mean, for for me, the biggest sin of of Navi is the way that basically, it's not that, so so Navi by name, Navi by nature, it's like navigation is the key, but also it's exposition. Oh, Oh, Leia's mind's blown. You probably felt the earth shake there. Yeah, um... But it's the way that she exposits in such a slow way that just rips you out of every occasion. She will also explain to you how to defeat a boss with absolutely no time between actually effort, like making an effort to try and fight the boss, and they'll just right. basically just give you the 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 key instantly, and it it just pisses everybody off. And there's a quote here. Um, uh, where it says, uh, so Mikel Reperez from Games Radar criticized her for the overuse of hey, listen phrase and listed her as the number one most irritating female character. Ooh. Another uh, Games Radar editor ranked her in second place as a list of cutesy characters that they wanted to beat the crap out of. 
there's an instance here where somebody from uh, cracked.com, that uh, famous website, I'm sure, likened her to a naggy, clinging spouse. And under normal circumstances, I'd recoil at that kind of uh, um, sort of verbiage, but maybe it's... (laughs) Maybe yeah, it's kind of like it, 90s appropriate. If for, you can take the 1999 this, misogyny out of those quotes, 100. percent I yeah. don't know if you can, because um, be like, because there's some definite dirtbag energy in some of those quotes. Where it's like, what female would you like to beat the shit out of? It's like, whoa, <laughs> slow down. Like, no, yeah, it doesn't. One of the one of the gaming characters they wish they could kill but can't. Like, okay, I think that's maybe a little much, but um. um yeah, yikes! I would I would say that uh, that while those questions and quotes are 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 ludicrous, <laughs> they they do hit on the sense of just like she she just won't leave you the fuck alone, and it doesn't relent through the game. Like there's like you'll you'll be in the spirit temple, two like dungeons away from beating the game, and you'll Z target on somebody, and she'll be like, "Hey, I'll remind you how to Z target if you want." And be like, "Nah, I'm good. I've been playing for <laughs> fifty fucking hours. I have no. I've I figured it out by now." Um, but and I will say this, and this doesn't mean that I think Nick's Nick's Fontana's suggestion was bad at all, because I do think this is a character that you would c- kind of discuss in this context. I, there's something about that character. Maybe it's just because of my emotional connection to that video game. But like, I kind of like Navi. You know, like, like she like she came from. She started like, like, like her entire life kind of ended at the beginning of the game thanks to Ganondorf. So she's like, she's got as much as emotionally invested in this quest as you do. You know, maybe more because Link at that point was just a fairy boy just hanging out. You know, being like, oh, I guess I maybe I'll get an ocarina someday. Why, boy, I sure am getting taller than all these other kids. You know what I mean? Like, he didn't know anything. Um, yeah, I, I may, never. May I? I always found Navi annoying but endearing. May I read a piece of trivia here? Um, of course. That wow, I. I, I don't know whether this is going to affect our overall ranking positively or negatively, or maybe not at all, but I think that it's worth saying, and it may even be where we want to leave off our discussion on this character. Sure. And that trivia is, in an interview with Shigeru Miyamoto, Shigeru Miyamoto, mind mm-hmm. you, he mentioned that Navi is jealous of Princess Zelda as she feels something for Link. So... What Shigeru Miyamoto is telling us is that Navi fucks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, like, actually, in that sentence, there's something there that's just triggered in my mind, right? Which is basically, uh-huh. like, I think Navi might, and, and not to get too serious about this for a moment, but Navi might actually just be a really poorly implemented equivalent of, like, Tinkerbell. So in 1953, when Peter Pan came out... Tinkerbell had that same kind of energy, you know, like, I'm, I'm there to be helpful, um, and I'm also a part of the plot, and blah, 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 blah. And it seems as though Shigeru Miyamoto is, like, lifting from that, but what it is, is basically just, like, probably a really poorly scripted bit of code that has, like, an if-when-then statement that just forces Navi to behave in a certain way, because they've just not kind of nuanced it out in, in the right way. Sure. So it, it could just be you know, just a really unsophisticated approach to try and do something to the character that actually had good meaning. I mean, if they went for Tinkerbell, they've kind of got it, I suppose, but it's just that the it doesn't have the kind of pathos and the story to be able to pull it through. 
The the thing that I would add, and, I, and I'm not trying to take the conversation past Navi fucks, because I mean, frankly, that was <laughs> oh, the exclamation po- exclamation, yeah. exclamation point I needed on this day. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, she's also quite useful. Like she does all the Z targeting for you. Like she like like locates the boss and like. And if you yeah. are stuck, she will tell you stuff. Like when like I, like I remember. Like uh, the first time I played the game, well, I don't not it might not have been the first time. Who can I can't remember that long ago, but like I picked up that egg, I got the egg from the guy, and Navi's like, "Oh, hey, you got that egg? Don't forget to like equip it, or else it's not gonna hatch." I'm like, "Oh, cool, thanks." And I equipped it, and what do you know? It turned into a chicken, you know. So like, she she has she has her usefulness, and I think her intentions are good, but her methods are annoying. I think. Yeah, I agree. Well. Let's rank. Um, I find this very hard, Leah. Um, I'm going to start tough, with you yeah. um, because, oh, with I mean, me. technically okay. everybody on this list fucks, except for the Phantom <laughs> Train, maybe. Chadley never fucks. Uh, I'm I don't sorry. Know. You don't know what that fucking dude is up to. Uh, so no. Maybe GLaDOS does I'm drawing the line. I am putting uh, my foot down. Okay. Guys. Garboda fucks. Oh, I mean, there there 100%. are there are multiple Garboda yeah, in yeah. the world. So uh, trubbishes yeah. by nature. Okay, so so here's yeah here's here's what I'll say is that um while while it is it is technically possible that all of the people on this list fuck except for Chadley. <laughs> uh-huh. um, <laughs> not not by his own. Is Chadley an incel? Is that what we're seeing? <laughs> oh my God, Chadley's an incel in training, isn't he? Oh my God, he's already dead. Um, conspiracy theories about the government. Oh my God. <laughs> Holy Lord shit! That you hit on something there, anyway, Rich. Um, wh- while it is technically possible, Navi's the only one that we have confirmation from Shigeru Miyamoto. <laughs> that's that's oh, wow. true. That, that, that they do in fact fuck. Yeah. All right. Um, I'm gonna say that Navi goes. Oh Jesus! Um, after Phantom Train, before Big the Cat. Okay. Um, yeah, I was actually thinking it's slightly higher, but I could, I could see that. Um. I, I personally I don't think you could suplex Navi. Ooh, good question. I think if I think like if you so what's a character that shrinks down? Like you could shrink uh, a character down to to Duke Nukem when the shrink gets hit by the shrink ray, he could uh-huh. suplex mm-hmm. Navi. So I think she I think she um All right. Um, so so it would it would require special circumstances. But does Navi have ears though? We can't Navi. we can't see if Navi has ears or not. But um, that's true. Um, yeah, I was actually going to put uh, Navi uh, right uh, under Pyramid Head and Vincent Valentine, um, because uh, I, I can't get off of a couple things that we said about Navi. Um, uh, Professor Layton is essentially a Navi like in the sense that, but like from more of a mentor's perspective. But like that that kid he's bringing around ain't doing shit without Professor Layton being like, look, listen, go here, you know, like, so that's my Professor Layton impression. I'm fucking killing it today. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I could hmm. see him in between Vincent and the Phantom, or Phantom and Big the Cat, excuse me. Uh, Rich, do you have any, any uh, you know, hard opinions on this? Uh, I mean, I kind of instantly went to put her alongside her fellow sex pest Vincent Brooks, you know, like, <laughs> um, I would go thirty between thirty four and thirty five, or thirty five as as the maths would have us do it between Vincent Brooks and Phantom Train. Just in the sense that, like, she has to go a little bit higher up because as fucking annoying as she is, she's way less annoying than Ashley Graham. 
um and actually she's kind of useful and like a, a character that sticks with you you know like you think ocarina of time you think of um navi and you know the zelda series has got some fairly kind of miserable and frustrating characters you've got like tingle you've got um oh shit what's is it fee from um i almost uh, picked fee if, it, if we weren't Soul. doing navi from from the community i would have i would have done fee for fee or five yeah, whatever and, it is from and to, Skyward i mean Sword. i've not played through all of skyward Sword, but goddamn i would sooner sooner play a game with navi than play it with fee so yeah yeah, I'm, I'm fairly happy with that. I don't know if you guys are willing to kind of meet me well, somewhere in the middle. I was thinking above that, and, and Leah was thinking slightly below that. Leah, would you be comfortable with uh, Navi above the Phantom Train as kind of a compromise yeah. here? Yeah, I think so. Right. so. So Navi at 35. Yeah, so we're going to we're gonna put that, we're going to pencil that in right now. Navi at uh, f- uh, 35, which makes her the 13th worst or 35th best video game character of all time, according to the science. You said that you were um, planning a... Uh, sleeve or, yes. or a, a tattoo that that included yeah. Navi, um, and I would like to request. Uh, so my my arm's pretty much already done, mm-hmm. um, so I, I don't think that this would necessarily fit in. But since yours is still in the planning stage, I would like to request that you include um, script across Navi that says Navi fucks. Um, so <laughs> right under Navi is going to be a bust of Link and Zelda next to each other. Um, mm-hmm. Zelda is going to be Zelda because my daughter's name is Zelda. Um, Link mm-hmm. is going to be Link, but he's going to have red hair because my son is a redhead so you're suggesting that right above the two pictures of represent my children i just have a script that says navi fucks yeah. okay i can do that um this makes perfect sense yeah um yeah, i think you know what <laughs> that's actually i want that i want that on my gravestone now some poor, some poor stonemason just being like what the fuck is my my job get it get it on a, a bumper sticker right next to your truck nuts <laughs> from... navi fucks. oh god can we have t-shirts made Dis- please, please disco please. sucks and navi fucks right there it's the bumper sticker for our, all of our cars <laughs> oh, that's a statement <laughs> character issues episode oh man i just fucking is. ruined the catchphrase for the end of the episode but i don't give a shit because we're just having fun here on the character you can say it again like it doesn't get any less funny uh, uh i just have to say uh well thank you to you do for joining us thank you to uh leah and rich for joining me on this crazy adventure uh, please follow us on our social media as uh, uh the character issues podcast you can find on twitter when it's still around at issues character i am at brian tendo 64 rich is at fm ruin leah is at improbable 42 um we Hopefully we'll be uh, getting a little bit more uh, engaged with some of the streaming stuff. Lee and I have been talking about getting Keyblade Party started again. We just need to kind of make that a reality. And by saying it here on this podcast means that I will definitely say something about it once we get off of this podcast. Um, and, yeah, do you guys have anything else to add as a parting wish, a parting shot, a, a, a summary of the events of the day? Go go watch us on um, go watch us on Arcade Pit if you haven't yeah, already. Yeah. Um, I, I think we, I think we made a pretty good showing Me for too. ourselves and make comments um, that say stuff like they're the best, have them back, hire them for full time, <laughs> give them benefits, all yeah. that stuff. That'd be great. <laughs> um, and, and I do have some cautionary advice that I want to leave our listeners with. And that is just remember when you feel tempted to cut your own ears off and replace your entire blood with uh-huh. that of another person. It might not be a good idea. I mean, that's a PSA that just we can all sing along first. to. Isn't just it? be safe. Yes, Absolutely. Well, thank you both for that. Thanks for your words of wisdom. Thank you for your science. And I guess it leaves it for me, Brian Edwards, to now say what is going to be the official catchphrase of the Character Issues Podcast. Disco sucks and Navi fucks, baby. (laughs) 